Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. We want to get started and get into the Word. First of all, welcome to The Rock of Gainesville. We're glad you are here today. If you're joining us online, we also thank you for being with us. And we say a big uh, uh, hello to Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, and thank you for the opportunity to share the Word today. And Pastor Suzanne, a special Mother's Day message to you also. Thank you for loving this wonderful house. So moms, yeah, go ahead, come on, go ahead, it's okay. Moms, we are very, very thankful as we are for all of you to be here. I, uh, I, I've gotta ask your forgiveness, moms. Go ahead and look at PR right now. I don't have a Mother's Day message. I'm not very good at preaching the calendar with uh, Pastor George's permission. However, gonna make it up for you. We got a really cool gift for you at the end of service. <laughs> a really, really cool gift for you. The guys will be at the doors and uh, we have kind of a limited quantity, so please get one, but make sure you get one for yourself and we would greatly appreciate that. Really cool, cool gift. I think you're gonna love it. I would get one myself. However, walking down the streets of Gainesville with one of those, I might get some strange looks. I'm big enough to take care of myself, but I think I'll avoid it and let you do it for me. So one more big ovation for all of our moms. Come on. I am very appreciative of sharing the word with you today. And here's what we want to talk about. I kind of started a three-part series last week and uh, going to kind of go into it again today and then again next week as we talk about this topic right here. Three words. Three little, small, plain, everyday words, three words that will change your life. Three words that we use in our vocabulary every day, but when we understand the profound implication that is behind those words, those simple little words have the ability to have a tremendous, tremendous impact on how we live our lives, rather, day in and day out. Now, here are the words, yes, no, and now. Yes, no, and now. Now, last week we looked at the word yes, a simple three-letter word that, again, has a phenomenal impact on your life, and here's why. You and I were not created to live in the arena of uncertainty. You were created for a yes. You serve a yes God. You don't serve a maybe God, hope so God. Second Corinthians chapter one says this, that we serve a God that is yes and amen. And that's the God that you're serving today. You weren't created for the arena of uncertainty. So what, I, what I've got to understand is I was created for a yes, but God wants me to say yes to him. But listen to Pastor Ron. Many times before I can say yes to God, I need to hear a yes from God. And the reason for that is because we've believed the lie of condemnation. We've believed the lie of accusation. We've believed the lie of unworthiness. And we stand there saying, I really want to step into God's kingdom with all fire cylinders going. I really want to be diligent about the Father's business, but I just don't feel worthy to do so because we believe that lie of unworthiness and don't feel like we can get it done. And so sometimes 
Before I say a yes to God, I need to hear a yes from God and a substantiating of who I am in him. Listen to Pastor Ron. And if you were here last week, you heard this. If you weren't, get it right now. I got saved when I accepted Christ. I got transformed when I realized he accepts me. My life changed because I am a child of God. You are a child of God. I have his favor. I am a partaker of his divine nature. Well, two of you believe that. Come on, somebody. I am a partaker of his divine nature. And so he speaks a yes over me. Now, how does he speak a yes over me? Three ways. I told you this last week. If you weren't here, here rather, get it right now. The character of the Father in you, the person of Jesus Christ working for you, and the purpose of Holy Spirit moving through you. That is God's yes over you. The character of the Father, again, the partaking of his divine nature in you, Jesus working on your behalf, and then Holy Spirit working through you. And as I told you last week, I think a lot of things happen to us so that God can redeem them and they can flow through us. And I think that what, that's one of the beautiful yeses of God over me in my life. So yes, saying yes to God, hearing a yes from God. Now, today I want to get into the second word. It's the word no. Now, I understand the minute I say no, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of thought about this this morning. It's a little interesting that we're focusing on the word no and talking about moms in the same day. <laughs> Can I say that? Is it okay to say that? Well. But I also understand that the minute I say no, what comes with that can be a negative connotation. No, 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 no. There can be this negative idea. And I just don't want to go down the road of negativism. I am not a negative person. I'm a positive person by nature. Some people see the glass half full. Some people see the glass half empty. I tell you what, guys, in the days I'm living in, I'm just glad I got a glass. Huh? Are you with me? So, so, that's right, man. So I don't want to go down the negative road of no. Here's what I want to teach us today. I want us to learn how to say yes to saying no. Now think about it. I want us to learn how to say yes to saying no. Because here's what happens. When I shift a little bit, and my energy goes from always saying no, 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 no to the devil, and my energy shifts to saying, God, I want to say yes to you. I want more of you. I want more of your presence. I want more of your power. I want more of your nature. I want more of your peace. I want more of your strength. I want more of my God. When I go down that road, instead of saying no, 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 here's what I'm doing. I'm prioritizing my values. Pastor Hector and I had this conversation this week, and he said that to me, and when he did, man, it just, it just jumped all over me, because that's exactly what I'm doing. 
I'm, now, I understand that there are times I need to say no to the devil. How many of we got that, okay? I understand that, but when I shift, and when I go from spending all my time to saying no to the devil, and I focus on saying yes to God, I am saying, God, you're the most important thing in my life. And so I'm prioritizing my values by focusing on saying yes to God. And you know what, guys? If I always focus on saying yes to God, I don't have to say no to the enemy very often. I really don't, because my focus is saying yes to God, so I wanna say yes by saying, I wanna say no by saying yes. We got that? Let me give you a scripture that illustrates what I'm talking about. Daniel chapter one, verse eight. Daniel chapter one, verse eight says this, says Daniel resolved not to defile himself. What is Daniel doing? Daniel is saying, God, I wanna honor you. I wanna bless you. I wanna represent you. And when he said that, he didn't have to worry about defiling himself with the king's delicacies. Why? He had resolved to saying yes to God. Does that make sense to you? So I want us to learn how to say yes to saying no by saying yes to God. And, and that resolution, that resolving of honoring God is our first priority. So four areas, real quickly, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time here, four areas that I need to get to to be able to talk about saying yes to go, to, uh, yeah, saying yes rather. No, here you go, write it down. Number one, did that make any sense? Yeah. It made more sense to you than it did to me, so you know, what are you gonna do? So here we go, number one, write it down. Say no to staying in the same place by saying yes to your spiritual growth. Say no to settling. Say no to getting lazy. Say no to being lethargic by saying, yes, God, I wanna grow and more and get more of your presence. I'm gonna say no to that, that's, oh, I'm gonna say no to being saved, satisfied, and stuck. Come on, somebody. I wanna say no to being saved, satisfied, and stuck by saying, yes, God, I want more of the presence of God. Daniel chapter, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 11. Listen to this. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. Now, what was Canaan, guys? Canaan was their promise. Canaan was their promised land. It was their benefit. It was their prize. It was their reward. And they set out on a journey to go get their reward. But look at what happens. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And they settled there for 205 years. They had plenty of time to shake off that lethargic attitude and get up and get going, but they stayed there. Look at the end result. And died in Haran. What happened? They said yes to settling, and as a result, missed out on their reward. Listen, I gave you this principle last week. If you weren't here, here you get to get it again. The process is part of the promise. The pro they, hey, if, it, if, God has, if God has given you a promise, he's not going to take it away. He is a covenant-keeping God. 
If God has given you a promise, it is not a carrot on a string that he's holding out in front of you, hoping that you'll go, go get it. But there is a process I got to go through. There is a process to get to that promise, but the process is part of the promise and the promise is there. I just got to be diligent to go after it and keep seeking it and let God give it to me in the right season. But the process is part of the promise. And you know what I wish we as believers would do? I wish we would do a better job of embracing the process. You know why? Because the process is a process of growth. It's a process of enlarging. It's a process of stretching sometimes. It's a process of pain. In my distress, you have enlarged me. So it's a process of having a hard time sometimes, sure. But I want to embrace the process because in the process is the presence of God and the ultimate is the promise of God. Man, I'm going to say that again. Because the process is the prize. Well, how did I say it? It changed your life, didn't it? Does anybody have any idea what I just said? Why don't we just all say amen? amen? Thank you. Let me give you a quote by Andy Stanley. Here we go. You've got to choose. I love this right here, guys. You've got to choose to grow. I got to choose to grow. I say no to staying in the same place by choosing to grow. You are as close to God as you choose to be. Quit blaming. Don't blame others for your lack of progress. Quit blaming your mama, your daddy, your coach, your teachers. The blame game creates victims and kills progress. Choose to enlarge your life. I'm making a choice today, guys. I'm saying no to staying in the same place because I'm choosing to enlarge my life in the Father. You know what? I can live cautiously if I want to. I can live tentative. I can live careful. I can live methodical. I can live real uh, kind of worried about everything. And you know what? Some people will call me wise. Look at Pastor Ron. He's real methodical. He's real careful. And sometimes there's a place for that. Don't misunderstand me, okay? Sometimes I get it. But some people will call me wise. They'll say, oh, Pastor Ron, he is so wise. He's so careful and he's so methodical and he's so set out to make sure his steps are exactly what he wants them to be. I can live cautiously if I want to. I just won't have any impact on anybody. I won't have any influence. Every once in a while, you got to take a risk. Now, I'm not saying take a risk that's so great outside of the the plan of God that it's ridiculous. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying sometimes I've got to step out into the fear of the unknown and I got to take a risk and I've got to trust God that he is ordering my steps and directing me where he wants, but I'm still taking a risk because I don't see the end results. Risk takers are history makers. Look through history. Grab your history book. Risk takers had to step out sometimes in things they just really weren't sure about. Risk takers are history makers. So say no to staying in the same place by saying yes to spiritual growth. Number two, write it down. Here we go. 
Say no to apathy. Say no to that uncaring attitude. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me. I have no influence there. It's really not in my turf. It's not in my backyard. Hey, you guys want to hear me say a Spanish word? It's not in my barrio. How'd I do? Huh? It's not in my barrio. How'd I do? not in my turf. So say no to that apathetic attitude. Listen to me, guys, by saying yes to compassion and the love of God. Look, guys, if the love of God is moving and motivating me, I cannot be apathetic about the culture I live in. I can't be uncaring about the world I live in if the love of God is moving and motivating me. You know, one of the things that we didn't get to do this year, didn't do, get to do it last year, that I absolutely love that we do at the Rocket Gainesville is Reach Week. Man, it's such an incredible time. And we get people from our house and we go to different places and we reach into our community. We go to Bread of the Mighty Food Bank and we love on those people and we take these big uh, things of groceries down there and we go to uh, first responders to uh, firehouses and to police officer units, and we go to home renovations and do home renovations by uh, driving a few nails and sawing a few boards and taking care of some things that are falling apart. And we go to uh, St. Francis' house. Of course, we go to St. Francis' house the first Saturday of every month, don't we, Dr. J.R. and Diane? And they do an incredible job of ministering to those people every month. And then we just do all these wonderful things, and here's why we do it. Because we, listen to me now, we want to show the love of Jesus to a dying community. We don't do it out of religion. Why? You want to know why? Religion wants something in return, showing Jesus doesn't care. We just want to represent Christ. What do the Pharisees say? The Pharisees say, hey, look at the way we do it. Look at how we do it. Don't do it like them. That's how the Pharisees say it. But the one that is just saying no to apathy by saying, by showing rather the compassion of Jesus, we don't do religious acts. We represent Christ in our community. Look at this, Romans chapter 12. Here we go. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. And if it's Pastor Ron, I'll have page one. Come on, somebody. If he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your look at this. Your generosity will knock his socks off by your goodness. It'll shake his tree because you're just not asking anything in return but just showing the goodness of God. Don't, watch this now, don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil. How do I get the best of evil? By doing good. What did Jesus do, guys? Jesus went around doing good and always got the best of evil. How? By going around doing good. You know, the Good Samaritan story shares a real interesting aspect to what I'm talking about. Because when we represent Christ, watch me now guys, when we represent Christ, we remove the religious dogma of the day. Don't worry about the religious dogma. I just want to represent Christ and be a picture of Jesus on the face of the earth. 
And the good Samaritan shows the exact opposite until the Samaritan shows up. Because here's a guy walking along, he gets beat up, kicked in the ditch, he's in pain, needs some attention, and three guys walk by. First of all, a priest walks by. And as he comes by, he sees the guy in the ditch, and what does he do? He goes on the other side of the road because his religious dogma wouldn't let him walk over there. Then a Levite comes by, and what does he do? He goes on the other side of the road because his religious ritualism wouldn't let him pass across the road. And then the guy that should not have stopped comes by, gets down in the ditch with the guy, loves on him, takes him, ministers to him, and takes really, really good care of him. He was willing to cross the road. Let me ask you a question, guys. When I get rid of my religious dogma, I find myself willing to cross the road. Who do you need to cross the street for this week? Who do you need to cross the street for? Now listen to me. Listen to me. Sometimes when I cross the street, I step out in traffic. Now think about that for just a second. Did you hear what I just said? Sometimes when I step out and cross the street, I step out in traffic. What does that mean? I may find myself having to butt up against some opposition. What am I doing? I'm just representing Jesus. I'm just representing Jesus. Get this principle right here. God will turn his face of favor to those who demonstrate godly character when nobody else is looking. You want the favor of God to open up in your life? You want the favor of God to open up in your life? Overcome evil by doing good. Number three, I love this one right here because it's the day that we're living in. Number three, say no to distractions by saying yes to focus. Now let's just stop for two seconds. Are any of you, like Pastor Ron, finding yourself completely having to deal with distraction after distraction after distraction after distraction in the course of a week? And not all those distractions are evil. They're not bad, but they're distractions nonetheless. And so what I find myself having to do so often is regroup and say no to those distractions, listen to me now, by saying yes to focus. I am zeroed in, I'm lasered in on what God has called me to do, and I'm not looking to the right, I'm not looking to the left, I'm looking at the calling of God on my life and what he wants me to do. Focused to be obedient to God. Matthew, let me, I'm gonna read a story to you. I'm gonna read it to you out of the Message Bible. Matthew chapter 14. You, as soon as I start reading it, you're going to recognize it. It's Peter walking on water. Here's how it goes. Watch this. Peter's suddenly bold. How many of you have found yourself all of a sudden getting suddenly bold? Man, I got up. I had a great prayer time this morning. I felt the presence of God. I am a warrior in God's kingdom. I am the big boss with the hot sauce. I am ready to go. I'm going to take care of business. I am suddenly bold. And then all of a sudden I start walking this thing called Christianity out. And I have done made the devil mad. So I'm walking this thing called Christianity out. And there's Peter, he's suddenly bold. He said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on water to Jesus. Watch this now. But when he looked 
down at the distractions under his feet, what did he start doing? He started to sink. When he looked down and the water was under him and the waves were under him and the distractions were under him, what did he start doing? He started to sink. Why? He lost his nerve and started to sink. Why did he lose his word? Listen to Pastor Ron right here. Because distractions will intimidate you and I and cause us to question our character. What's Peter doing? Peter's walking along. He's doing really, really well. He's doing great. He looks down and here's what he says. I'm walking on water. Can I really do this? I'm walking on water. Is, is, this, is this real? Can I really do this? And what does he start doing? He starts to sink. Got intimidated by the distractions and started to sink. This is the part I love right here, guys. Watch this. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. Are you guys thankful for that today? You know what I love about the Jesus that you and I serve? When I find myself distracted and I'm sinking in my mess, Jesus didn't sit back and say, well, you know what, Hyatt? You created that for yourself. I think I'll let you tread water for a while. You, you, you created that mess, so just go ahead and tread in that distractive water for a little while, and I'll come get you at some point. No, the Bible says Jesus didn't hesitate. Guys, the rejoicing that I have, the rejoicing that you have is we get distracted, we get intimidated, we mess up, and sometimes we start to sink. And right here, it says it very clearly, Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed Peter's hand. Reached down and grabbed Peter's hand. Now, watch what he does, though. I'm not done yet. Watch what he does. Then he said, faint heart, what got into you? What's he doing? He's correcting Peter. Why? Because Jesus corrects those of us that he loves. Man, we mess up. He'll save you guys. He won't hesitate. He'll be there to come get you. But he's also probably going to correct us. And we, come on now, we need that correction, right? Got to get back on track. We need that correction. Listen to Pastor Ron. Ordinary people, ordinary people. And by ordinary, I, I mean people kind of like you and I but just going through the course of the day. No vision, no goal, no plan, no purpose, no destiny, just kind of trying to make it from eight to five. Ordinary people will go through that course of the day and just, just try to churn it out and let me get this day done. And ordinary people will live that way and as a result of that, will live distracted. Never fully in the moment. Hey, you want to know why Pastor George has so many divine appointments? He's always in the moment. He's always in the moment. He's busy. He's got things to do. He's going here, going here, and having to do this, having to do that. But you let John Doe walk up to him and say one thing about a potential spiritual need. Boom! Divine appointment because he's in the moment. Not distracted, but right there in the moment. Listen guys, Satan does not care. He doesn't care if I'm not sinning while I'm distracted. Because if I'm distracted, I'm not doing what God has called me to do. Satan doesn't care if I'm sinning, if I'm distracted, because if I'm distracted, I'm not faithful serving 
doing what God has called me to do and faithful about the Father's business. Does not care. Why? Because I'm distracted. That distraction has the ability to intimidate me. That intimidation has the ability to question my character. And it stops, listen to me now, stops my progress in God. The nation of Israel was just about to walk into their promised land, just about to cross the border. And as they're just about to cross the border, all of a sudden they say, you know what? We need to check that place out. Let's send some spies in and see what's going on over there. So what do they do? They send in the 12 spies, right? The 12 spies go in and as they go in, the first thing they bump into are the sons of Anak the giants in the land. The word Anak literally means berater, intimidator, harasser. In today's language, it would be smack talker. And so they get there just about to step over in and they find these giants in the land that, that really the sons of Anak were really weren't tall people. They were long necked men. And what they would do is they'd get over and get this picture in your mind. They'd get over and say, you're not coming in here. You have no business in here. Get back to where you belong, man. You can't come in here. And they're berating them and intimidating them and trying to stop their progress. They go back and 10 of them say, we can't go over there. There's no way we can go over there. And two of them say, you wanna bet? We're moving forward and we're gonna accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. We're moving in. And that intimidating voice tried to stop what they were doing and trying to stop their progress. But it was, here's, ooh, mm. It was what I call illegitimate authority. That's right. Real authority comes from God's love. True authority comes out of the heart of God. Illegitimate authority is intimidation, manipulation, and domination. And it stops us from the progress that we're in. Look guys, Pastor Ron has said this a million times. We gotta close the mouths of the voices that we're hearing in culture today. Why? Because it's doing exactly the same thing that it attempted to do to Peter. Attempted to intimidate, distract, and cause us to question our character. Close the mouths of the voices in culture and listen to your mighty, mighty, mighty God that says, I'll take you into your promised land. Mm. If I'm confident, if I'm confident in what God has called me to do, I silence the voices of intimidation by the distractions of the day. Fear of God and fear of man cannot coexist. The fear of God, because he asked me to, the fear of God and the fear of man cannot coexist. I'm either going to serve God or I'm going to serve the purposes of this world. Which way am I going, baby? Come on, somebody. Lastly, and I'm done. Say no to complacency, laziness, lethargic attitude. Say no to complacency by saying yes to passion. You know what, guys? Passion is the best motivation for discipline. When I, when I have the zeal of God and I'm consumed by the zeal of God, I don't have to try to make myself do anything. I'm moved by the power and the presence of God. Passion is the best motivation for discipline. Look at this, Romans chapter 12 from the Message Bible again, here we go. Don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. 
Be alert, servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Pray all the harder. Listen, the difference between, the difference between the focused and the wanderer, those that really know what God's called them to do, and they're doing it. The difference between the focused and the wanderer is the focused will say no to almost everything. Why? Because that's not for me. That's not what God's called me to do. That's, that's for Pastor Jamie. That's for Pastor Hector. That's for Pastor Nathan. That's for Pastor Ron. That's not what God has called me to do. So I don't need to get into their turf. I need to do what God has called me to do. And so as a result of that, you know what I never do when I learn to say no to what's not in my field? I do not get overwhelmed. I don't get overwhelmed. Why? Because I know I'm doing what God has called me to do, and I'm going to rest in that and do what God has called me to do and be faithful in that. Last quest, last uh, scripture. I don't want you to become lazy, but I want you to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what's been promised. Don't give up, man. Don't get overwhelmed. Say no to that place of complacency by saying yes to the zeal of God. Hey, if the zeal of God has consumed you, you're going to be okay. If the zeal of man has consumed you or me, we're going to burn out. We're going to burn out every time. But if I have the zeal of God driving me, then what happens? I, woo, I mount up with wings as eagles. I run and I do not grow weary. I walk and I do not faint. Does that mean sometimes I got to catch my spiritual breath? Oh yeah. How do, you, how do I catch my spiritual breath when I feel like I'm, oh, I feel like I'm overwhelmed. I got 10 million things coming at me and overwhelming is kind of settling in. How do I catch my spiritual breath? Ask yourself this question right here. Stop asking, why am I going through this? And start asking, God, what are you preparing me for? My whole perspective changes. My whole perspective changes. Do I wonder sometimes why I'm going through it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I wonder sometimes why I'm facing it, that's fair. But I change my spiritual perspective by saying, okay, God, I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the heat of the battle, but I wanna get it right. So my focus is going to say no to a complaining attitude and saying yes to God, what are you preparing me for? And getting us ready to accomplish in God's kingdom. Say it with me. Stand with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that we can prioritize our values today. We can get it right. Father, we understand that we, we understand, Lord, that we are in a spiritual battle. And we understand today, God, that we do 
have an enemy that is like, he is not, he is like a roaring lion roaming around seeking who he may be able to devour. But I declare over the people of God today, they are not going to be devoured because no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And we have the ability to say no to the enemy, but we want to do it, Lord, by saying you, Jesus, you, Jesus, are the most important thing in my life. And just like Daniel, who resolved within himself, said yes to God, he didn't have to worry about the king's delicacies because his focus was the presence of an almighty God. And so I pray over us today, Lord, if there's things we need to say no to by saying yes, that we'll have the strength and a tenacity to do that. Nobody's looking around just a second. You're hearing you saying, Pastor Ron, there are, there are some things in my life. You mentioned them, you didn't mention them, doesn't matter. There are some things in my life I have got to say no to. But here's what I wanna ask you. You're going to say no to them by saying, God, I want to submit everything in my life to you today and say yes to you. And by doing that, I'm going to overcome that thing that's trying to overcome me. There are some things I've got to say no to, but today, by submitting my heart to God, I want to say yes to Jesus, and I want you and the people of God to pray over me. I've got to say no to some stuff. I've got to say no to some things, and I want to do it right now by saying yes to God. I'm submitting myself to the Father right now in Jesus' name. Put your hand up right where you are. Yes, yes, keep it up there for just a second. Keep it up there for just a second, not to make you feel uncomfortable, but to get a good, a good idea of what we're praying for. Yes, just a second, just a second. Okay, you can put it down. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Both hands, everybody in the place, both hands in the, in the air. Put yourself in a position to receive right now in Jesus' name. Father, we submit our lives to you. We're raising hands of surrender. In Jesus' name, I'm raising hands of surrender. I'm surrendering my life to God right now, saying yes to God so that the enemy has no place, no foothold, no stronghold, no area of turf that he can try to seize. Submitting my life and my heart to God, saying yes to God and no to the enemy. So Father, by submitting our lives to God. Right now, whatever it is you need to say no to, call it out just kind of under your breath. You don't have to call it out loud. Just speak it out right now. Say no to it. I say no to this. I say no to this. Whatever it is, speak it out right now in Jesus' name. Even if you speak it in your heart, it's all right. By faith, declare it. I'm taking authority over it in Jesus' name, and I'm saying yes to God, and victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Say it out loud. Victory is mine. Come on, say it like you mean it. Victory is mine. Say it one more time. Victory is mine. Amen. Give the Lord a big ovation of praise. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.